and you know, listen, I know things happen and it's summertime and all, but this is what makes it difficult for preaching. Um, you people are here, they're not here. I mean, some have a good reason, of course, but you know, they're here, they're not here. It makes continuity very difficult. Uh, today we're going to look at the second part of uh, Jesus healing the man that was blind from birth. Um, and in that message, it's, uh, there's a lot of application for us. So uh, the songs that, that uh, were chosen for today center a lot on worship, uh, on God's grace, um, the fact that all blessings come from him. So as we, as, uh, as Kristen and Pat come up and, and lead us with Sharon and Chip, um, uh, sing them prayerfully, okay? Can we do that? If you're able to stand, stand. If you're not, then join, join us from a sitting position. Morning, church. So blessed are those who learn about you and walk in your ways, O Lord. Your guidance through our world is what we desire, what we crave. Our wandering souls, O Lord, find warped truth and lies surrounding us and lead us away from you. You are that beacon who guides us on the straight path to righteousness. Lead our hearts back to you, O Lord. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Like the sparrow finding a home near your altar, lead us home to you where we will bask in your light forever. Amen. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on our God. Those who dwell in your house, they are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on our God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, they are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on our God. We will go from strength to strength till we see him face to
For you are holy, for you are holy, for you are holy, Lord. For you are holy, for you are holy, for you are holy, Lord. For you are holy, for you are holy, for you are holy, Lord. For to us a child is born, to us a child is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You are all, you are everything. You are holy and we worship you. As the shiny bauble, which are the secular rewards of the world system, fade, your greatness and the promise of everlasting Life are more clearly defined. Grant us, O Lord, your love and forgiveness. Gather us into your fold and lead us down the path to your home, where we will live with you forever. Amen. You are holy. You are holy. 
are mighty. You are mighty. You are worthy. You are worthy. Worthy of praise. Worthy of praise. I will follow. I will follow. And I will listen. I will listen. I will love you. I will love you. All of my days. All of my days. You are Lord of Lords. You are King of Kings. You are mighty God. Lord of everything. You're Emmanuel. You're the great I am. You're the Prince of Peace. Who is the Lamb? You're the living God. You're my saving grace. You will reign forever. You are ancient of deeds. You are Alpha, Omega, beginning and end. You're my Savior, Messiah, Redeemer, and friend. You are my Prince of Peace, and I will live my life for you. You're my Prince of Peace, and I will live my life for you. No matter what I do to distance myself from you, Lord, you take me back without hesitation. No matter what my sin, if I repent, you will stand with me till the end. I am human and weak, so I will fail you. But, I, but you love me anyway, and I cannot fathom your unshatterable love, and I thank you and worship you for it. Deliver us, Lord, from woke policies that infest our government and schools. Bring us, guide us back to the way you have shown us. Send the Holy Spirit to give us the power to show others who you are and who we should emulate. Hold on, hold on, almost there. Bring us back into your fold so that we can enter your kingdom at the end of days. Amen. Sticky thumb. Come, thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Sing me some melodious haunted, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mountain fixed upon it. Mount of thy redeeming love. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, would I feel it? Prone to leave the God I love. My heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above.
Won't you please be seated? Lord, I also pray for sticky fingers so, so I can turn pages. All right, so uh, won't you read with me the, res the uh, responsive reading, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the path my path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord, the good shepherd, guides the way through peril and unholy temptations. His words are all that is needed to navigate through life. As the path can be treacherous, treacherous, he calms us and restores our health. He welcomes his good and faithful servants to a dinner in their honor, watched by their enemies. Imagine the gnashing of teeth and sorrowful howls of those who tormented them in life. God anoints him and his own as his own and claims them to live in comfort, goodness, and mercy for the rest of eternity. Well, good singing, good singing. Um, I'd like to uh, just acknowledge our, our resident teenager, Jack. Uh, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. He, he gets younger and younger, doesn't he? He's, he's glad you're here, Jack. Glad, glad you're here. Um, the reason why I chose Psalm 23 this morning was to prepare you because the very next section of Scripture is um, called the Good Shepherd and His Sheep. And that's what we're going to be looking at next week, okay? And what I'll be doing is I'll be paralleling the psalm uh, to what we see in the scripture. So you, it'll take on a little life as we, as we go through it, okay? Uh, so before we come to the message today, um, Tom, would you help with the collection today? Okay. Uh, we're going to wait upon you for tithes and offerings, but we're going to pray first, especially for Tommy and for Margie, you know, who have had uh, health issues. And... Um, uh, pray for those who are not here. I know th uh, this is a, a bit of a tough weekend for Janine. Uh, she and Butch are up in Boston. Uh, uh, kind of a, a memorial for her brother who, who just passed away. Uh, so we have a lot of people doing a lot of different things this weekend. So let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the blessings Come thou fount of many blessings. Father, all the blessings are from you. Father, there are people who need your healing touch, people who need encouragement spiritually, emotionally, physically. We think of Tommy, 
uh, who's in the hospital. We pray that doctors are able to be to get a handle on the uh, uh, infection that's going on. Not only that, but um, whatever other symptoms are presenting, Father, that you would give them clarity and and that you would grant to Tommy good recovery. Pray for Lorraine as she uh, ministers to him during this time and uh, give her strength, Father, because she's just out of the hospital. And Father, we think of Margie, and we're glad to hear she's feeling better. We pray that she gets stronger each day and that you bring her home safely uh, by Thursday from Colorado. And Father, we pray, and we pray for uh, the church, we pray that you would use even this local body to further the kingdom. Not for our glory, Father, but for the glory of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the opportunities to minister in our community. Thank you, Father, that uh, we're able to partake in, in uh, ministries outside these walls. And Father, we'll be careful to give you all the glory. So with that, we come to you with offerings and tithes. Bless the gift and the giver. May we use this for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, this is the day that the Lord has made, so we rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Whoop. Whatever that the, uh, the Lord has planned today, he has planned. I don't know. We don't know. Whatever it is, we accept and we, we uh, go forward glorifying him. Um, in, uh, if you look in your, uh, at the cover of your bulletin, this is one of my favorite. It says, Oh, magnify the Lord. And it's from Psalm 34, 3. Um, let me give you the opportunity to get a gold star, okay? What, what does it mean to magnify the Lord? It means he's so small he needs a uh, magnifying glass? What, is it, what does it mean? Yeah, Chip. Yeah, magnify his name. Make it big, right? Make it big. His name is big. He is big, correct? And that's part of worship, to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to, to, to lift up the name of God the Father, and to let the Holy Spirit help us magnify his name. And we try to do that in each part of the service, including the message. Uh, and that's what, why we're here. Excuse me one second. Let me do a little recap for you. Last week, we started to look at Jesus healing the man who was blind from birth. And if you remember, uh, the uh, Pharisees, the religious PhDs of the time, and the priests had some bad theology. They believed that if somebody was born blind uh, or somebody incurred a major illness, 
that either them or their parents sinned, and that was God's repayment for their sin. Well, theologically, that is not true, okay? Uh, some people are born blind. Some people are born hearing impaired. Some people are born with other disabilities. Uh, you know, or the overarching concept of that is this is one of the uh, products of original sin. It had nothing to do with personal sin. All right, you follow me? So the, th the, uh, the day came on a Sabbath, on a Sabbath, where Jews were commanded not to do any work, which included healing. Jesus uh, comes across this blind man who was blind from birth. And you remember the story, right? Um, he talks to the blind man. He spits in some dirt, makes mud, puts it on the man's eyes and says, go wash in the pool. And when the man came back, his sight was restored. But Jesus wasn't there. Okay? You've got to bear that in mind. It's an important part of the story. And people began to question him. Now, my guess was that his eyes were deformed in some way. Because when he regained his sight, some people thought he was actually a different person. Now, you can see that happening, right? I mean, yeah. Some people said, no, he's, he's, he's the same man. And, of course, the Pharisees said, we don't believe this. The religious people who should know better. We don't believe this, right? And so this man's healing started a, another controversy, or, or more correctly, Jesus started the controversy. First of all, he healed on the Sabbath purposely. Second of all, he wanted to point out the hypocrisy of the religious people, saying that instead of focusing on a miracle that God did, here you are, you're not celebrating the healing of this man, which was important. You're looking for a way to trap me. So that's kind of where we are. But in, in the verses that follow, this man uh, that Jesus healed was a sharp, sharp guy. And you're going to see that uh, in, a, in a second as we go through the verses. Let me just catch this up here. Whoops. What happened to the scriptures? Are the scriptures there? <laughs> okay. John 9, verses 13 to 41. Andrew, Andrew will put them in, but uh, uh, I'll start you off. Now, uh, John 9, verses 13 to 41. You're a good man, Andrew. I probably deleted them by mistake. Okay. As he gets that up, the people who witnessed this miracle, and, and this, the Pharisees were kind of uh, standing in, in, in the wings, and, but they, they figured they wanted to bring this man to the Pharisees to be investigated because they were the religious experts. If this Jesus was from God, well, maybe this healing is legitimate. Or if he is demon-possessed, 
like the Pharisees claimed, well, then we need to get to the bottom of this, right? So look at this, verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus made mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath that infuriated the Pharisees, right? Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received the sight. Notice the simplicity of the answer. He just, he just said to the, the Pharisees, here's simply what happened. He put mud on my eyes. The man replied, and I washed, and I now see. They should have been having a party for this guy, doing cartwheels. This should give us hope. Because Jesus is able to take the messes of life and make them beautiful again if we let him. Did Jesus have to heal him? Absolutely not. Did the man deserve healing? Absolutely not. This was an act of pure grace. And Jesus decided to show grace and mercy to a man who had been blind from birth, never, never saw the light of day. And very simply, the man gives his testimony. Here it is. He put mud on my eyes. I washed. Now I see. I can't help but think spiritually for us that before Christ found us, if I could put it that way, we were spiritually blind. We couldn't say the truth. Not only that, we refused to see the truth. Much like the Pharisees. The Pharisees have their sight, but they were, they were really the blind ones here, weren't they? Look how this continues. Some of the Pharisees said, this is not the man uh, from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. So what are they going to do? They're going to try to impugn Jesus' character. Solomon says nothing changes under the sun. Correct? Nothing new. You don't like the messenger who brings the truth, who brings healing? Well, we're going we're gonna, to uh, attack his character. Look, this man, this Jesus, didn't keep the Sabbath. How could he be holy? How could he be from God? The fact of the matter is that it was the Pharisees who made the laws for the Sabbath. You don't find the laws in the Word of God, but you find them in the man-made laws. Now, there were certain restrictions on the Sabbath given by God. However, what the Pharisees did was they added to them and added to them and added to them to the point where it became so legalistic and ridiculous. The Pharisees didn't have one bone in their body that showed any mercy or grace. This man didn't keep the Sabbath. How dare he heal? Can't be from God. But other asks, and I love this, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. That's a key question, right? I, I have to laugh when people say to me, well, Jesus was just a good man. He was a good man, but he was God in the flesh. He was God, fully God, fully man. He never sinned. They assumed he was a sinner. 
how can a sinner do such signs? So they were divided. I wish I was there because, you know, when a group of arrogant, uh, legalistic, self-righteous people get together and they have disagreements, it's really kind of comical. They'll turn against each other. Then they turned again to the blind man. They figured, you know, arguing between themselves wasn't going to do anything good. Let, let's, let's interrogate this man again. As if they hadn't heard the truth. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. Now, there's a subplot going on here I want you to look at. The man's starting to realize there was something special about Jesus who, who he never physically has seen yet, correct? Says he's at least a prophet. This starts a progression of belief. It's really neat as, as you go through this, right? They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. These Pharisees were tough. When you wield that kind of authority, people get scared. So they sent to the parents, they asked them, is this your son? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it now that he can see? Listen to the parents' answer. We know he is our son, and the, parent, the parents' answer, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now, or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age, he will speak for himself. The parents wimped out. They knew the story. But they were afraid. They were afraid of the powers to be that if they said the truth, they would be thrown out of the temple by the religious leaders. So he said, listen, leave us out of it. Well, yet he was blind from birth. We can testify to that. But ask him anything else. <laughs> well, still wasn't good enough for the Pharisees. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, right? who had already decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was, this, was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Do you hear the, iron, the, the irony there? You acknowledge Jesus is the Messiah, we're going to put you out of the place of worship. Well, then who are you worshiping? Are you worshiping your own self-righteousness, your pride, your arrogance, or rather the one who came? to give sight to the blind, to free the prisoners, to gracefully save mankind from their sin. Well, the parents took the easy way out. This is why the parents said he is of age, ask him. <laughs> so the parents kind of, uh, you know, uh, limped away. And a second time they summoned the man who was blind. 
Uh, listen to this. You, you may read over this and say, well, you know, this is kind of innocuous. This next statement is the epitome of a guilt trip. And here's why. The Pharisees say this to the man. Give glory to God by telling the truth. In other words, if you don't say what we want you to say, you're not giving glory to God. Talk about backing the man into a corner. You see how that's a guilt trip? Right? Give, give glory to God by telling the man the truth. They, they didn't care about the truth. They just wanted to hear what they wanted to hear. And they used intimidation. We know, said the, the Pharisees, this man is a sinner. Then I want you to look at the dialogue here. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. It's an honest answer. He really didn't know Jesus until, you know, th this man healed him. One thing I do know, I was blind. But now I see. Huh. I was blind, but now I see. Listen, when, when I first came to Christ many years ago, I didn't understand it all. All I know is that he died for my sin in my place. That's all I knew, that he loved me enough to die for me on the cross. I didn't understand a lot of the theology or a lot of scriptures that I was just a baby growing at that time in, in, in faith. So I didn't understand that at all. But one thing I know, before I met Christ, I was spiritually blind. I, I didn't care. That's why I say to all of us, never forget where you came from. Never forget that there was a time we were all spiritually blind, but Jesus got a hold of us. And when we put our faith in him, it's the Holy Spirit who opens our eyes and the hearts to the truth. The one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I say. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open their eyes? How many times can you ask somebody the same thing, right? He answered, I've already told you. You did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? And I love this. This man hit it right on the head. He threw the ball back in the Pharisee's court and he said, maybe you want to become his disciple too. And, and the hair on the back of their necks just bristled at that point, right? And look what happens. Then they hurled insults at this man. You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. Well, too bad, because Moses was not the savior. Then he goes to say, we know that God spoke to Mo Moses, true, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. They knew. They knew where he came from. They didn't know he came from the Father, but they knew physically where he came from, right? But they were saying, you know, this, this guy can't be of, of God. <laughs> the man answered. Listen to this. This man should get a gold star. Now, this is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. 
we know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to, godly, uh, to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. This man saw the truth. He was more of a theologian than the experts. Well, they didn't like it. They didn't like it. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. In other words, we don't buy it. Either you or your parents did something wrong that caused you to be blind. We don't buy this. And then, you know, whenever you hear this, how dare you lecture us? And look what they did. They threw him out. They threw him out of synagogue. You're not going to tell me what I want to hear? You're out. You're not, you're, not gonna, you're not going to tell me that Jesus isn't demon-possessed, isn't a sinner? You're, you're, you're out of here. Huh. Think of how this man must have felt. If he, was, if he went to the synagogue, he was only allowed in the outer court because he was blind. Because people with handicaps were considered unclean by the Pharisees. So they were only allowed in the outer court. They threw him out of the outer court. Gentiles were allowed in the outer court. And yet they threw this man out who was a Jew. Right? It gets better. Oh, Andrew, uh, bring me to uh, verses 35 to the end. Okay. Because this is where it gets better. You let me know when you're ready. Now you're going to see grace in action. You're going to see how God works through his son. You're going to see how God can take the outcast and make something beautiful. Just amazing. You ready yet, Andrew? He's getting there. Okay. I'll start to read in verse 35. There we go. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. The Pharisees threw this man out of the synagogue when there should have been a party going, when there should have been celebration of a great miracle that God did in, every, in people's sight. No, they threw him out. But Jesus went to find him. We missed that. Jesus went to find him. The man couldn't find Jesus. Why? Because he didn't know what Jesus looked like. Right? But Jesus found him. Jesus purposely found him. And Jesus asked him, do you believe in the Son of Man? Now, the Son of Man was a, uh, a phrase that was used a lot, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, referring to the Messiah, referring to the one who was going to come, who was fully God, fully man. So... The blind man knew what that phrase meant, 
And he says, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? This guy, I love this guy's honesty, right? He says, yeah, who is he? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus says, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Whoa. Can you imagine how this man must have felt at this point? You may be rejected by the religious people, but I'm here to tell you I love you. Look what happens. Then the man said, I Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. That's the key. This is one of the ways you know somebody genuinely believes who Jesus is, that he is the Messiah, that he came to die for me on the cross personally to pay for my sins, that he was here to heal me from my own sin, my own guilt, my own shame. And he sees now Jesus physically for the first time. He's experienced his grace and his mercy already. Now he sees Jesus. Jesus says, I am the Son of Man. I am the Messiah. He says, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. He worshiped him. I don't want to skip lightly over that simply because there's good indication in the scriptures that when a person comes to faith in Christ, heaven rejoices. Heaven rejoices. They, they actually throw a party in heaven, something the Pharisees should have done. They should have known better. But no, they threw the guy out. And Jesus says, now listen, I'm here for you. I'm the Messiah. And now you can worship me. Pharisees have no more authority over you. Sin has no authority over you. Now you can worship me. Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. What, is, what does that mean? Simply this, that those who are open to the truth, those people who don't resist the prompting of the Holy Spirit to see the truth, to see Jesus as fully God, fully man, and the Messiah who paid for our sins, they are blind, but once they put their faith in him, they will say. But you see, those who should know better, those who see, like the Pharisees, and reject him become blind. You see the play on words? The Pharisees are hearing this. And what do you think happens? Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard him saying this and asked, what, are we blind too? Well, the answer to that is yes. Not only were they blind, but they were, they were sinners, and he would never acknowledge they were sinners. We're all sinners, that's the way we're born, correct? 
And then Jesus said, if I... If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. In other words, if you didn't know any better, then no, you, you, know, you, you wouldn't be guilty. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. In other words, you claim to know the truth. And I'm telling you, the truth is standing right in front of you, and you don't know it. And you're blind. I want to suggest to you that in our country... Our country is having sight issues. I've believed for many years now God has been crying out to, th to this country in particular to come back to him, to, to come back to the fact that he, he sent his son to die for us. And listen, one can make the same argument. You realize the Bible is still the best-selling book in America. In fact, they don't even put it on the best-seller list anymore. It, it just outranks any other book. Year after year. But it's the least read. People get a Bible, I think, because it's like superstition. I have a Bible in my house, nothing bad will happen to me. Well, no. That's not why it's there, and that's bad theology. Well, I got the St. Christopher on the dashboard of my car, right? That'll protect me. Uh, no, it won't. You see how superstition can seep in? Just like the Pharisees. That's what, this man must be a sinner because he's blind. No, that's bad theology. Now, can we do stupid things that, that can cause blindness? Absolutely. Or cause disease? Absolutely. And we take responsibility for those. However, this man did nothing. He was simply born blind. If you were blind, you would not be guilty. But now you claim you can see. Your guilt remains. Whoa. Listen, one of the things that impressed me as I was going through this again was the fact of how the church needs to show grace and mercy to people who are hurting. We can't stand as holier than thou, because the fact is we're not. We're just sinners saved by grace. We can't be like the Pharisees saying we know it all, because we don't. As Jesus went and found this man who was thrown out of the place of worship. So also we should find those who feel they don't belong anywhere. And that Jesus came for them too. We have to get out of the habit of comparing ourselves to other people. That's not good. It's easy to find someone you think is worse than you are. We never look for those who we think are better than we are. But the only person we should compare us, ourselves to is Jesus, period. He'll let us know how we're doing. He'll let us know that we need to grow a little bit more in love and compassion and faith. And he'll show us how to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit and his word.
Well, before I show you the end of these verses, what do you think the Pharisees, how do you think the Pharisees finally reacted? They wanted to kill him. In fact, this kind of sealed Jesus' faith, fate in the fact that now they were really resolved to kill him. Get him out of the way. This guy is nothing but a troublemaker. The name of Jesus still causes trouble, doesn't it? You can wear every obscenity you wish on the back of a shirt you wear, but put the name of Jesus on it. Now people get offended. Places of worship some years ago decided they didn't want to be offensive anymore. And they took the crosses down from their places of worship. Because that might offend people. Well, the cross is supposed to offend people. Because the cross says that when we come to Christ, we come with nothing to offer because we are morally and spiritually bankrupt. We can't come to the cross in pride and say to, to God, look at me. Look how, look how good I am, God. No, we come to the cross on our faces saying, Lord, I'm, I'm nothing but a sinner. I don't deserve. I don't deserve you. And that's the point where Jesus reaches down and says, take my hand. I died for your sin. That means that our pride has to go, our arrogance has to go, and our rebellion has to go. That's what repentance is. I can't emphasize this enough. I can't emphasize this enough. Listen, one of the reasons uh, why uh, we have such a, <laughs> a crazy culture and that's putting it mildly. Uh, our culture is so upside down, it's actually a slap in God's face. Because we're at the point Isaiah prophesied, we call good evil and evil good. More people need to go through this, man, this blind man's journey. When he was questioned, they said, this man has to be a prophet. Then when he was thrown out of the place of worship, Jesus found him and asked him, do you believe in the Son of Man? And when Jesus identified himself as the Son of Man, what did he do? I believe. Now he was saved. And he worshiped. That's why you will hear me say, if there is any hope for our country, it has to start with Jesus. If there's any hope for the family, it has to start with Jesus. Is there any hope for a, if there's any hope for a marriage, it has to start with Jesus. If there's any help for the unborn, it has to start with Jesus. Because without Jesus, anything goes. And we're reaping the consequences of that philosophy that everything's okay. 
Your lifestyle's okay? No, it's not. If you identify as a cat, that's okay? No, it's not. You're either male or female. If, if you, you, you want to, if you believe that if you're a good person, if there's a heaven you're going to go, you're lying to yourself. Read the truth. Read the scriptures. I'm not making any of this up. It's all here. Read it for yourself. Don't believe me. Read it for yourself. Let's never forget where we came from. Let's never forget that we were blind, but only through the grace of Jesus can we see now. Let us never forget that we were destined for hell until Jesus opened our eyes. Let us never forget that. And let us never forget that our due diligence, if you will, in light of that, is to worship him. Isn't that what this man did? He worshiped him. So I'm going to call upon you now to worship him. Ladies and gentlemen, would you come up, please? Chip, are you going to give the history of this song? Oh, okay, I'll do it. No, 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 I'll do it. I just didn't want to step on your toes. You know, there's an old saying, you, if you have a, a backache, let me step on your foot, you'll forget about your back, right? You Are My All in All, written by Dennis Jernigan. Dennis Jernigan was saved uh, from, uh, out of a homosexual lifestyle. You can read this. I'm not making this up. You can read it. And even after he was saved, he still struggled with it, but he knew it was wrong. He knew it dishonored God. And he kept praying, and people kept mentoring him. The church rallied around him and loved him and brought him along in the scriptures. And finally, one day, God gave him victory over it. And he penned this song, You Are My All in All. Today, Dennis Jernigan has, has eight, ten kids and is happily married to a woman. And he's glorifying God. Because Christ is his all in all. If you're able to, would you stand, please? You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up I be a fool. You are my all in all. Rising again, I bless your name. 
You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. can clap. Listen, our God is awesome. Amen. As we pray, let's go into our mission field and love others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you about this, this great historical incident where Jesus miraculously healed this blind man on the Sabbath. Father, we know the Sabbath is for worship, and it's exactly what this man did once he put his trust in Christ. And yet, Father, I pray that as we go forth from here, that each and every day we would choose to glorify you in all that we do in word and deed and bring honor to your name. I pray this in the precious name of Christ. And all people said? Amen. Amen. Uh, it's a little bit anemic. We'll try that once more. And all people said? Amen. Amen. Now you're dismissed. Enjoy the day. <laughs>